everyone, and welcome to the 2023 annual LSCOA Gala. It's such an honor to have each and every one of you here today. And also at this time, I'd like to say a special thank you to all of our sponsors and our speakers. And again, thank you all for being here with us today. And at this time, I pass over the mic to our amazing master of ceremonies, my mother, Gurleen Sabat. Welcome. Thank you, Gigi. Hi, everyone. Welcome, welcome. It is a pleasure to welcome all of you in this gala this year. We are having an amazing time. At this time, I'm going to say a prayer because, as you know, most of us, we do believe that we do have some superpower that handles everything. So we're going to say a prayer to ask God to be with us and direct us in this big moment that we're about to celebrate. Okay, dear God, as we gather here today, we humbly come before you seeking your divine guidance and blessing for a successful event. We understand that success is not measured solely by outward achievements, but also by the love, unity, and purpose that we share. I believe that each and every one of you have something amazing to bring to this event. Once again, I want to thank you for all the sponsors. I want to thank, I want to thank you for all and every one of the speakers and the staff, the staff that able to put everything together, all the um, amazing people that have guided Gigi into this moment. And then LS Life Service Center of America is existed because of our founder, Gigi, was had a great mind to think about uniting people in life. Once again, Jesus Lord, we thank you and we thank you for everything and we thank you for your presence in the name of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, okay. Mama. Amen. All right. So now I'm going to introduce you to none other than Regeline Gigi Sabat, the founder and CEO of Life Service Center of America. Yeah, please help me welcome her. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mom. I appreciate you. Thank you for the warm welcome. And again, thank you all for being here with us today. I truly appreciate you. Now, at this time, I'd like to give you an overview of Life Service Center of America. So essentially, Life Service Center of America started uh, just a few years ago, and I'll never forget, it, it happened after I almost lost my life, uh, death by strangulation, and, and God led me to launch Life Service Center of America. And so here we are, just a few years out, and I'm just so grateful. I'm grateful for our team. I'm grateful for our sponsors. This is this is possible because of you. So if you're listening to this message today, again, this is possible because of you. And I, I just appreciate each and every one of you. Um, again, our, our team members, thank you so much. Our sponsors, thank you so much. And also just recently, we, we launched the LSCOA Speaker Series. And so again, I'm grateful for each and every one of you uh, who are a part of our speaker series. So what is an LSCOA speaker? You may be wondering. An LSCOA speaker is someone, anyone who's spoken on our stage, and maybe it has been uh, in regards to a topic, domestic violence, sexual assault, human trafficking, pregnancy topic, mental health, leadership, confidence, business, you name it. 
And it's because of each and every one of you. Each and every one of you have shown up. You have spoken. And again, I'm grateful for each and every one of you. So once you've spoken on our stage, you become what is called an LSCOA speaker. And again, grateful for each and every one of you. Now, what is Life Service Center of America? Let's backtrack here a little bit. Life Service Center of America has a few components. We have the coaching component. And in regards to the coaching component, we love to meet people where they are, and we love to assist folks with achieving their goals, whether it be a personal goal or business goal. Yes, you, if you're listening to this message today, we can assist you with that. Or if you're someone and you feel stuck, you're not alone, and you don't need to remain stuck. You you can get through this. You're not alone. I believe in you. Yes, you. And, and also, too, when we talk about the other component of our business, it's the business service navigator. And you may be wondering, what is the business service navigator? Is it, it Doesn't every business have a business service navigator? Well, yes, but essentially a business service navigator, this is actually built out for you. It's a feature that was built out for you, our members. So what does that mean? It means that our members can actually utilize what is called a drop-down menu feature. So yes, you, you utilize the drop-down menu feature. And when you utilize that drop-down menu feature, then you can locate the service that you need of quality. And so how many of you have needed a service of quality while you're traveling, you're on the go, and you're going through web pages, and you may have gone through thousands of web pages, right? Only to find what you need, but you had to go through thousands of web pages. This solves that issue. So yes, we have the business service navigator, and then we also have our events. And so again, this year, and for the past few years, we've had several events. And again, I'm reflecting on this year as well, focusing on 2023 here for a moment. And as I, I reflect here with each and every one of you, I'm grateful. And I'm grateful for each and every one of you that came out and spoke. Again, we did cover confidence. We covered business. We covered leadership. But then we also covered survivor topics as well, which I know is not easy for a lot of those individuals who spoke at the survivor events. And I know for many of you, it was your first time to speak about that particular topic as it relates to a survivor topic. And I know it's not easy. So if you're listening to this message today, thank you. Thank you all for coming out and speaking and letting your voice be heard. And also to your voice truly matters. You are not alone and keep sharing your voice. I believe in you. And so now at this time, I'd love to move into a Q&A segment. And what is the Q&A segment? So during this time, what we're going to do we're going to bring up each and every one of our speakers who has spoken up at, at our event this year. And now for those of you who could not be with us today, I know many of you have joined us on the online platform. We'll be listening to this later. And I want to say thank you again for coming out and speaking at our event this year. And so now at this time, I'm going to welcome one of our speakers. He spoke at one of our events this year, and his name is Dan Dominguez. And he spoke at our global ADHD Warriors Conference. And Dan, I just want to say I appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming out and speaking. Thank you so much for giving us a voice, Gigi. Uh, you know, I think that's such an important topic, and I've been really delving more and more into the topic of ADHD. I met a, uh, a gentleman recently, David uh, Martin, who is a coach and, and a thought leader in his area, who was diagnosed with ADHD after his wife encouraged him to get tested. And for sure, he was diagnosed. And he said, Dan, uh, I, I didn't want to be diagnosed with ADHD. There's two words in there I didn't like. One was disorder and uh, attention def and deficit. He said, I didn't want to have those two names. So I call myself a creative divergent mind. And that's such a much, much more positive way to put it. And then I Googled creative divergent mind. And then as I Googled that, I found, I found Dr. Holly White, PhD from University of Michigan, who has written on this topic, on the gift 
of ADHD, which was the topic I spoke about. The gift that people with ADHD have, the creativity that they bring to everything that they do, their ability to handle multiple things at once when other people get overwhelmed. So if we start thinking about ADHD, and I don't even call it that anymore, creative divergent minds as a gift instead of a burden or a disability or a disorder. The other thing Dr. Holly White taught me is she said, look, a disorder it can't be a disorder unless it's hampering you. And what we have found is people with ADHD aren't hampered, they're enhanced. So thank you for so much for having that topic, for having us speak on it. It was uh, for me uh, a pleasure to be a part of it and to learn more. And as you can tell, it sparked a, a, a search for more knowledge in me. You're, you're muted, Gigi. Technology, right? It happens. <laughs> Sorry about that. Anyhow, Dan, tell us a little bit more about leadership and what does it mean to you? Oh, great topic. So, you know, leadership to me, I, I've been blessed in my entire life. And, you know, when I was in middle school, I was a leader and I was the wrong kind of leader. I used to get in trouble all the time. I was the kind of kid that could get other kids to do things that they wouldn't otherwise normally do. And I was blessed with a mentor, my vice principal at that school, pulled me aside one day and she said, Dan, you're, I was in sixth grade. I remember this vividly. I'm in her office. I thought I was going to get suspended because I'd been in trouble. And she just said, Dan, you have a gift. You have the ability to lead people and you can use that for positive or negative. And I think you can use it for positive. And instead of putting me in with the rowdy crowd that was always getting in trouble, she started inviting me to these leadership conferences with other kids, with the student council kids. And it made such a difference in my life that I, I dedicated myself to, to being a better, the best leader that I could be. Uh, that led to me being student council president. That led to me being in, in student government in high school. It led to me uh, in, in the in, when I was in college being a fraternity officer and then going into the military and learning leadership uh, in a totally different way and in a totally different environment. And then, uh, you know, obviously, ultimately, what I've done for the past 30 years is sales leadership. And for me, leadership is about helping people do things that they wouldn't otherwise normally do by your through your guidance and help. You know, I think leaders often think, and, and I, I'm really big on servant leadership. If you're leading for the title, if you're leading for the adulation, if you're leading for the money, you're leading for the wrong reasons. You know, it's a gift. One of my one of my good friends says, um, Dan, our gifts are not our own, right? God gave us these gifts and we have a responsibility to share them with the world. And so we got to, if my gift is leadership and my gift is understanding leadership and helping others understand leadership from a people standpoint, well, then I have to do my absolute best to get on as many platforms. And I'm so thankful for you, Gigi, for sharing this platform to tell people that leadership is more than just a title. There are managers and there are leaders and real leaders get the best out of people by helping them achieve their dreams and their goals. That's right. Very powerful. Thank you, Dan. And now next question. So oftentimes folks who have ADHD, they may have a fear to, to share that they have ADHD um, because of a particular stigma in our society. What message do you have for that particular individual in regards to letting their voice be heard, Dan? You know, I as I said earlier, don't let a label label you. Create your own label. What I know about people with ADHD, all the people that I have met, you know, if you think about all the great creative minds out there, my, as my, my little 12-year-old daughter likes to say, Dad, you know, somebody had to get under a cow and taste that milk. 
And it was somebody that had a creative divergent mind and said, you know what? That tastes pretty good. We should all drink it. If not, we wouldn't be drinking milk. There's so many things that happened, so many advances that have happened in our world. Somebody had to say, hey, I wonder if we could fly. The Wright brothers were the first ones who put it into action. But it was that out-of-the-box thinking that those creative divergent minds have and those are the people that we often label ADHD. So own it. I think for me, the advice I would say is own it. Don't be afraid to talk about it. Say, hey, listen, I'm not going to be great at follow-up. And, and Gigi, you and I have had this conversation because you lead with trust. And people with the why of trust, boy, if you tell them you're going to do something, you better do it. And I said, Gigi, look, I may not be the most dependable guy because I go from shiny object to shiny object. Doesn't mean I don't love you. It doesn't mean I don't care about your cause. It's just the way I work. So I want you to know I may not show up on time. I may not follow up. Just send me a quick reminder and I'll be right on. And Gigi knows. She has sent me a reminder. I'm like, oh, crud, I forgot about that. Let me go take care of it right now. And if I do it right now, then it gets done. That's just, that's my gift is the fact that I can do a lot of things at once, but it's also, it can be a challenge, right? A little bit of sugar is good. A lot is not good. So we we have to learn our limitations, learn our our strengths and live into our strengths as much as possible. I'd say just live into it. Don't be afraid. Don't be shy. Excellent. Thank you, Dan. And next question, what changes would you like to see in our society in regards to ADHD? Well, I think the first thing I'd like to see is let, let's talk about it in a different language. Let's not make it a deficit and let's not make it a disorder. You know, attention... Uh, Attention divergent is another great word that uh, that Dr. Holly uh, White told me about. Attention divergent that just means you can have you can pay attention to a lot of things at once. You are not just somebody that can't stay focused because what we know about people that get labeled with ADHD is they can focus when it's something that interests them. Right? If it's something that's of interest to them, it's something that they they are they want to learn more about. They can focus for a long time. For me. Doing my taxes, I can focus for about 20 minutes at a time. But if I'm talking about an opportunity to network with amazing people, I can sit here for hours and meet new people and learn about them and connect with them and connect them with other people. That's where I thrive and that's where I'm going to spend the most of my time. That's what gives me energy. So I would say uh, if we could label it different, attention divergent, everybody that's on this panel and if you're listening, next time you hear the word ADHD, do what David Martin does and say, hey, Congratulations, because he says when he sees young kids that get labeled with ADHD, he tells them, congratulations, welcome to the Cool Kids Club. Let's make it something that's positive. Amen. Very powerful. Thank you so much, Dan. And for those of you who don't know, Dan is currently the Chief Growth Officer at the Y Institute. And again, thank you, Dan, so much. We appreciate you. Thank you so much, Gigi. I appreciate you. Yes. And now our next speaker is Jacqueline. Welcome, Jacqueline. And Jacqueline has spoken at our Global Breast Cancer and Leadership Conference this year. And when Jacqueline spoke at our conference, she covered the topic, A Day in the Life of a Survivor. And she also spoke about from trauma to disease and the lifestyle in between, the importance of collaboration in regards to leadership. Jacqueline, thank you so much and welcome. Thank you, Gigi. So happy to be back. And with your mom. How cool. <laughs> I love family dynamics. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jacqueline. And for those of you who are not aware, Jacqueline, she is the breast cancer survivor and mental health advocate. And she's inspired a life of journey of a resilience. Jacqueline is actively working on overcoming trauma. And again, is a breast cancer survivor. Welcome, welcome, Jacqueline. 
Thank you. Welcome. Jacqueline, we do have a few questions for you. So again, you spoke about breast cancer and you spoke about trauma. What changes would you like to see in our society in regards to trauma? Ooh. I feel like this is a multi-level question, if I'm being honest. Um, I think awareness and education will be the first, but um, or a big part of it. But going within can really show up later on in your medical appointments. So I also believe trauma can lead to disease. So the more aware you become of your body, where your emotions are held, um, and how you're feeling, that'll help you go, like I said, into the system. And for example, I went and I got something said by a doctor. And it was not this is actually praise. I, I love the doctor, but I was triggered. And I didn't know why I was triggered. I brought that into a therapy session because I was working on the fear of death, overcome death, you can overcome any new diagnosis that comes your way. So I went into this session and I said, I have to conquer fear of death. And what I learned was I might have been triggered by the tone that was given to me, which was no, no wrong tone, just a trigger of my own. And that tied back to abuse as a child. So you don't know the way that it can tie in. And the more you're aware and the more you react with others is very important because my doctor would have never known that. But knowing yourself and when these moments come in, you're able to say, OK, let me take a step back. Why am I feeling this? Where am I feeling this? And the more awareness you have of your body, it also translates into medical. So I would love to see um, the mental health and the physical health realms tied together so they get the support they need, the learning, the body they need, whatever works for you. And it'll also help you choose your path to healing because I believe we all have an individualized plan to heal and only you know what's right for you. So by learning yourself, it'll translate to both. Excellent. I love it. And now in regards to breast cancer, tell us a little bit more about your breast cancer journey and how were you able to truly push through? Whew. Community and mindset. And it's still something, I'm not going to lie, that I am actively working through. I've had a couple new scares as well, including endometrial potential cancer. Um, so it's something that you'll always keep going through, but your mindset and learning yourself is extremely key. And, and, and I know that even your community and your support system who's around you. Uh, that goes for a medical team and that goes for your friends, your families, your coaches. You just really want to start looking at your support system as a whole to help uplift you as you go through and those that'll honor the choice at the end of the day that feels right for you. I love it. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. And now you also talk about the importance of collaboration. What message do you have for someone who may have a fear of connecting with others? What, what message do you have for that individual? Oh, um, I'm one that just says, I understand it's hard. I've been afraid to ask for help. I have been afraid to even jump or speak my piece. And this is where the trauma part comes in. Mine was trauma related. Theirs may not be, I'm not sure. But I always say start somewhere. And if you intuitively feel that there's a safe space near you, just just put out a little bit and, and give it a shot and see where it grows. Because at the end of the day, that's all you can do. Or maybe even for me, I had to research um, what was safe because I didn't necessarily know and I didn't have the feeling. So whatever route you, it, you take, whether it's researching like good behaviors or whether it's just intuitively feeling and just giving it that one little step 
And when you do, you might have these emotions, but it's about rewiring your brain again and being like, I am safe or thank you. I am so glad that I took that one step. Look at me go. And sometimes by just saying, look at me go and rewiring each step you take, being proud that that is one step further that you've taken than you've ever taken that's going to make a shift in you. So keep, I would, I would recommend to keep honoring yourself and being proud of yourself for the smallest little thing. I love it. Very powerful. Get out of your comfort zone. Very powerful message, Jacqueline. Thank you so much. And we appreciate you again for coming out and speaking at our events. And again, welcome and on board in regards to the LSEOA speaker series. Welcome. Oh, welcome. I appreciate you. <laughs> You're welcome. And now at this time, I'd like to welcome our next speaker. Heather Hancock, Heather Hancock, she's a Christ follower, an inner healing coach, and policy <laughs> advocate. Welcome, yeah. Heather. I'm so happy to be here. Such an honor. You know, Heather, you came out and you spoke at our event this year, and you spoke about mm. CP isn't me, onwards regardless. What does that truly mean? Can you tell us? Well, for me, Cerebral palsy is something that I've been diagnosed with since birth, um, but I haven't let it define who I am as a person. Um, I don't own it as a disorder or a disease, uh, much like Daniel spoke earlier. Um, there's other terms that could be used. Uh, neurodivergent comes to mind, but then the autism camp has grabbed onto that one. So I've been told maybe not, but whatever, I'm neurodivergent and that is what I say that I am. Um, and it just simply means that my body doesn't work exactly the same way as everybody else's does. So um, my goal as an advocate is to speak for those who can't speak for themselves because not everybody with CP is able to verbalize. I can do that clearly. So I will do that speaking and I will do that through writing. Um, and that's basically the two areas that I function in, as well as helping other people who have suffered trauma, like I did when I was a child. I was a victim of bullying, of child sexual abuse, narcissistic uh, parental uh, abuse. Yeah, we'll stop there. <laughs> and, um, I went through a lot. So I've I learned a lot um, in my lifetime as to um, the keys that are necessary to come out of that traumatic mindset, as Jacqueline so nicely uh, illustrated for us, mindset is the key to everything. So um, once you can break through, break through the victim mindset and take a hold of the overcoming mindset, that's where the onwards regardless comes in. As there's nothing that can stop you. It doesn't matter what obstacle faces you. There's a way around it, and then there's a way over it. Um, and you just got to find it. So that's my goal as an advocate for adults with CP specifically, simply because there aren't the services available to us that there should be. Um, and so I'm out here speaking loud and proud, uh, trying to get doctors and physios and just the general public to listen to me as a person with CP. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Heather. And we hear you and we hear your Roy and, and keep keep letting your voice be heard <laughs> and support you 100%. And now also to what message do you have for the youth as well as adults, folks maybe who have CP, 
who feel alone, Heather. Yeah, that's actually very common in our community simply because we're scattered all around the globe. There's 18 billion of us. Sorry, 18 million of us scattered around the globe. There's only 8 billion people. Anyway, um, so I try to network online with people of all age groups. And all I can say is to do your research. Social media is has its benefits, and one of them is being able to reach out and find your community. So um, there are groups for uh, teenagers with CP because they face a whole transition thing um, that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, so they need that support then. And then there's also now groups for adults with CP as well, as well as children with CP and caregivers of children with CP, be it parents or otherwise. So um, I know in the States there's CPRN, it's a research organization, but it also has MyCP, which is a forum that we're allowed to participate and talk to each other in. So we can talk to anybody, ask questions. There's doctors and physios available that will pipe in, but generally it's our community. So if you haven't found that resource, just cprn.org. And that's a good starting part. Thank you, Heather. Now this year we spoke a lot about confidence as well. And so what does confidence mean to you, Heather? Confidence means being bold enough to state um, the truth of your life as it is um, and not have somebody try and negate your presence on the stage or your presence in the world, um, as is often the case with those that have physical disabilities. Um, so, so yeah, confidence is just being able to tell my story and have my voice heard, have the voice of my community heard. Because much like Daniel was saying, we're a very gifted community. Most of us are above average intelligence. And even those that are nonverbal can find other ways to communicate using computer technologies and things like that. So we excel in areas like writing, um, digital marketing. I know some that are great graphic designers um, and others that are just really good um, with people, things, so counselors, um, support systems like big brother big sister that kind of thing you know what i mean so just mentorship and um my goal is to help the younger generations not go through the things that i went through when i was their age and to make cp not so much of a mystery it shouldn't be anymore but it still is so um until we break that barrier i'm not going to be quiet (laughs) Um, and I'm going to speak whatever stage opens up to me to do it. So that's why I'm here. And that's why I roar. Thank you, Heather. What's the title of your book? Sister Lost. Sister and it, Lost. Is, it is a fictional book, but it does address uh, the treatment of people with CP in Canada historically from the 1800s to the early 2000s. So it's fun to be able to educate while you also write fun stories. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a joy to write. 
I love it. And that's so true. When you love what you do, it's no longer work. And again, thank you so much, Heather. We appreciate You're it. You're welcome. My pleasure. Absolutely amazing. Now, our next speaker is my mother, Gurleene Sabat. She's also an LSCOA speaker and one of our team members. And mom, I just want to say I appreciate you. And she, she's come out over and over and over and over again. So she's shown so much support. And I, again, I just appreciate you. And this year, she spoke at our Global Warriors Conference in Miami, Florida. And she spoke about leadership. So mom, let's talk. Leadership. What does it mean to you? <laughs> My, my first thing in leadership is that you have to, to be a great leader, you have to walk the talk. Meaning, you need to know your information. You cannot go telling people this is what you expect from them and you yourself, you don't know what you're doing. So you need to know, you need to be well-informed and well-educated on what you are leading. Okay, that's my first thing. The second step uh, I've always said to all my employees is that when you, are, when you are a leader, you need to learn to train. There are two or three people that you can pick. Those people, you look at them and you see your replacement in them. These are employees that are functioning just like you, but you as a leader, you have to be confident enough to know that one day you will not be there and somebody has to do the job. I have worked in hospitals as a leader and to this day, they are calling me, telling me the great job I have done and how I pick one nurse to do this, I send her to school. I pick another nurse to do something else, I send that person to school to learn that. They are great leaders themselves now. So that is what a leader is supposed to know. And that's what you're supposed to do. And there are many, many other examples of leadership. Like I've always said, leaders do not dictate people what to do. They work with getting people better at their skills. Very, I think that's very important, yes. Yes, ma'am. Now let's talk about teamwork. How important is teamwork? Oh, teamwork is very, very important in leadership. Like I told you before, you have to know your, your stuff. So I'm going to give you an example. Let's say you are the director of, an, of a nursing department, right? You need to be good at what you do yourself. If, if, if you have nurses that don't know how to start an IV, you better be the best at starting an IV. Because when your employee comes to you and says, hey, I need help to insert that IV that I cannot do it, you're going to go and you're going to march like a leader and do it. So that is teamwork. And I believe in teamwork. I've always, you have to create an environment for great teamwork. Okay? You don't ask people, again, to become great team members. They see you walk, they follow your walk. One day, as I, as I was telling Gigi one time, I don't know if you remember that, I had a, a lot of babies being born in one of the hospitals that I was the director of the OB department. And uh, I went to work at seven o'clock in the morning with my high heels, my two-piece suit, getting ready to do my desk work and everything. And then there was that one doctor that came in and had babies after babies, babies, babies after babies. Guess what? I didn't ask 
any of my chief, any of my team members to stay. But I came to work at 7 a.m. When I look at the clock, I was in the nursery. It was 2 a.m. I turn around and I make a look. I say, oh, my God, all of you guys stayed? They said, yes. They call me Miss Girlin. They said, there is no way we were going to leave you, Miss Girlin. No way, because you are always there with us and for us. So we're not going to leave you. So at 2, 3 a.m., I had to find place to put those nurses to sleep that had stayed. These nurses stayed from 7 a.m. And now it's 3 a.m. And then I had to get the CEO. I called the CEO. I said, I need beds. I need to get these nurses somewhere to sleep because we are the team for 7 a.m. In later. So the night shift, they told me, wow, this is a sign of a great leader for your team member to stay with you until the next day you are doing something good. So it says your employees knows. They know, they all know that. Right. So just, yeah, so just be the person you want to be and don't be a dictator and everything is gonna fall into place. But be knowledgeable. You have to know your stuff. Thank know your you. Stuff. I love it. Thank you, mom. We appreciate you. <laughs> now, our next speaker is Manny Blue. Yes, Manny, yes, you. Manny Blue, he's an entrepreneur, author, and philanthropist. And Manny, you spoke at several of our events this year as well. Very powerful talk. And you also spoke at our Global Warriors Conference this year, and you spoke about positioning yourself to win. Again, I'll say it again, positioning yourself to win. Why is that so important, Manny? Take it away. You know, a lot of times, we as entrepreneurs, we get caught up in the moment of chasing our dreams, which is right, you know, rightfully is what we should be doing. But in the process, we neglect little things that can destroy that goal, that dream, right? And this is something that I, I personally experienced. And I should share my story with you guys during that conference when I was chasing the uh, my musical career, right? I was so focused on becoming who I wanted to be that in the process, I forgot to build my foundation. And I see a lot of entrepreneurs do that. And what happens when you have a weak foundation? You're going to have issues down the road. If you build a house on a weak foundation, you, you, you better have some money to start paying people to come help you fix the house. You know, it just becomes a bigger problem as the time goes by. In my case, I had a weak foundation. I was building this dream and I was able to achieve most of that stuff, but then it all came crumbling down. Why? Because I did not position myself to, to, to win. And in the process, it led me to a level of depression where I can't play the suicide because of it. So when I got back up, you know, after going through that, that storm and I said, I have to do things differently. How can I, how can I prevent this from happening again in this new journey? And I realized, right. A lot of it had to do with finances. The world runs some money and we don't learn anything about it in school. So I had to, become knowledgeable on money management, um, properly saving, right? Building the nest. Because in this world, unfortunately, everything is money, right? Everything. 
but that's just a small part of the of the foundation, right? You, you got credit, you have your health, right? This is something else that I see a lot of entrepreneurs do, neglect their health. They get so caught up, always on the go. I, I find myself doing that sometimes and I had to stop myself. So it's very important that we acknowledge and make sure that our foundation as an entrepreneur, as a person, whether you, you know, you're just building something, you know, something small, something big, either way, your foundation has to be solid because it just takes one little thing for everything to crumble down. And, I, and I've seen it happen. I experienced it myself. Wow. Thank you for sharing your story and being transparent with us. And now when we talk about depression, let's talk about depression for a moment. Depression is constantly, we see it in our society today. What message do you have for that particular individual who does feel depressed at this time? It is it is a very tough situation to be in. And you feel lonely. You feel like there is no way out. You feel, you, you, you can't really think rationally right it's always like having this fog in your head and and you're constantly hearing the problem the problem and you just want you know most most cases you just want out you wanted to stop if you're listening i know that it's not always easy to talk about it but do yourself a favor find someone you can confide in and and reach out and if you don't have anyone in your circle or someone you can trust they are a lot of resources, a lot, a lot of a lot of groups that focus on helping people like you and myself. Just take a leap of faith and open up. And I promise you that it does get better. But you have to want it. You have to really want it. And that's where I struggled, right? Because I knew that's what I wanted, but I was I was on the edge. And I know a lot of people face that. So just take a leap of faith and reach out to someone. Amen. Now you also spoke about suicide. Walk us through that moment where you decided not to end your life, Manny. You know, it's crazy how that how that all worked. Like I said, God works in mysterious ways. Um, every time. Take your time, Manny. <laughs> every time that I wanted to go there, one of my kids would run into the room. They wouldn't leave me alone. <laughs> um, and and I was I I was and I made a post a while back, and I I stated they were my they were my hero, because <laughs> had they had they not come into the room at that particular point in time, I may not I may not be sitting right here right now. Mm -hmm. So, it 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 made me realize that's not what I wanted. You know, I just wanted to shut the voices in my head, you know, the troubles that I was going through. I just wanted to shut it off, shut it, shut it off, you know? So when I want, when I wanted to shut it off in the wrong way, I'm a firm believer. God was like, no, you're not, you're not done here yet. And one of my kids would burst right through the door and we just start jumping on the bed, running in circles around me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that honestly is, is what stopped me from, taking a step, you know? So I, I'm just, again, I, I sit back sometimes and I look I look at everything that's happened since and everything that I would have missed out. It's, I, I'm just grateful. You know, I, I'm grateful and, and I owe it all to God. <laughs> Check it, owe it all to God. 
Amen. Let's talk about fear for a moment, Manny. So many individuals, they have a fear maybe to, to, to achieve a goal or maybe to just step into God's purpose for their life. What message do you have for that individual, Manny? You know, I, I think a lot of people have heard this before, you know, success is on the other side of fear. A lot of time, you know, we fear something because it is new to us, right? We all experience this in some shape or form, whether, you know, it's asking someone on a date, um, the fear of rejection, you know, all you got to do is just take that, take that again, leap of faith and just go for it. You know, fear is just, it's just something that's not, that's not, well, how can I put it in, in a in more simple way, in a simple way? It is just walking on, on, on a territory that we have not been through yet. So, there's nothing to fear. You know, if it works out, perfect. If it doesn't, guess what? You learned. So there's nothing, it's the same thing as, as failure. I don't believe in failure. I believe it's a lesson. So if you if you if you're in a position where you feel fearful of, of taking that, you know, taking that the shot towards your dream, just do it. You got you got nothing to lose. You got more to lose if you don't take your shot and then live live uh, with regret later on. Very true and very powerful. Thank you, Manny. We appreciate you. And thank you again for coming out and speaking at our event. And welcome thank on you. board to the LSCOA Speaker Series as well. Honored to have you thank on you. board with us. Now, our next speaker is Michelle Cox. She's an entrepreneur, tech influencer, computer IT instructor, and she's a children's book author, songwriter. Welcome. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, Gigi. It's always a pleasure. Hi, Mrs. Sabat. It's good to see you here too. And everybody else, especially Jacqueline was here. She was in the same uh, speaker bureau I was in. We're both breast cancer survivors. It's always a pleasure for me to be on here with you because you're doing such positive work and you're God-fearing. Thank you so much, Gigi. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Now, Michelle, you spoke at our Global Breast Cancer Conference this year. And you spoke about advocating on your breast cancer journey, 40 different types of breast cancer, know what cancer is affecting you. Michelle, why is that so important? Well, number one, especially for women, for women, no matter what culture you're in, a lot of times we're not being listened to when we go to the doctor. They dismiss our claims a lot of the time. And that's why it's very important for us to advocate. Number two, because a lot of men are, are that are in medical fields, they're men. And if you can find a supportive woman, it's even better. But again, you still need to know what you're dealing with when you talk about cancer, which is why I talked about the 40 different types. Because if they're not pinpointing the cancer, they're giving you the incorrect medicine, medicine that you need. And you're, it's, the treatment's not going to be effective. I don't know if I told you. 78 to 78% of the women they diagnosed with triple positive cancers or other cancers only had estrogen receptive cancers. Well, in 78% of those women, chemo is not effective. So they've learned over the years, over a 10-year period, that 78% of the women that they gave chemo that had estrogen receptive cancers, all they did was give them an extra bill and help make them sicker instead of treating them. That's why it's important, Gigi. Wow. 
Thank you, Michelle. Now tell us a little bit more about your recovery journey and just over your overcoming journey as well. Tell us a little bit more about how, how you're fighting through uh, breast cancer. Well, I'm in year number, uh, year number six now. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm technically in remission. For me, advocating was important because when they told me or when they diagnosed me with breast cancer, they said I had a triple positive cancer. But they didn't want to give me the, the Oncotype DX test. That test will pinpoint the type of cancer you have. They were ready to put a port in me and just give me chemo without actually having all the information. So, but now that we're through this, I've taken my last pill. I go back every year, do my numbers, those kinds of things. But on this journey, God gave me the ability to write books for children. So sometimes when you get a diagnosis or when something happens in your life, it's not that it's terrible. It's preparing to open a door and get your attention to do something else that's even better that will glorify God in a new and different way. And that's how I look at this breast cancer journey. Amen. I tell everybody, always, like Mr. Dominguez said, look for the positive in whatever's going on and see how you can help. So I was literally there at home convalescing. And like Jacqueline says, you you know, they're talking about, oh, well, we'll give you five years to live. It's whatever God's going to give me to live. But at the end of the day, you still have those things that go around in your head. And so I'm there and I'm thinking about, Hey, what are you going to do? If you, are you going to live? Are you going to die? And God was like, stop it. Just stop it. I got you. And that's when I started writing books for kids. And so my goal is to help kids read and learn STEM. I'm living my life purpose. I'm better. Uh, every, you know, every day is a new day. It's a new day of new, new possibilities. I'm actually working on eight new books right now. So God is just amazing in my life and amazing. And just having that support of knowing that, no, you can think about death, but even if you're going that way, what are you going to do while you're living? What are you doing right now? If you get a sentence that somebody says, I give you five years. For me, I turned it over to God. And after turning it over to God, God gave me something to say, hey, I got something for you to do. Get on your job. So I've written 12 books, and this is a whole series called the Mommy Readers Collection. So that's what I do with my time. I also work with other breast cancer survivors. I'm a repository of information for people that want to ask questions on um, talking to the doctor, talking to the nurse, talking to the oncologist, and making sure that they get the best treatment. Thank you, Gigi. Welcome. I love it. And real quick before I get to reading, I want to circle back to what you said there as far as breast cancer goes. And I recently read a book by my good friend here, Mrs. Elridge. And when we talk about her book and when she spoke about the importance of a mammogram, okay, I'm talking about we'll be here. We all know we'll be right, Lindy. Bless her soul. And when she talked about the importance of a mammogram, let, let's talk about the mammogram, uh, Michelle. Tell us a little bit more about the importance of the mammogram, please. Well, not only getting mammograms and doing self-exams because I found my own lung. And part of that is making sure that I was checking. 
not only getting mammograms, but also know what type of breast tissue you have. Because while you can get a mammogram, men also get breast cancer. Let's not forget that. And mammograms aren't always effective with men. So they have ultrasounds also. If you have really dense breasts, you might have false or, or false positive readings. Always ask them to do an ultrasound. That way you're making sure that they're checking and you can catch those lumps early. Also make sure every month do the self-exams. And for the younger women, don't dismiss when you find a lump. Because the first time I found a lump, I was in my 20s. And the doctor was like, it's nothing, it's nothing. I was like, no, we're going to go and check. And it was 27 benign little cysts. But again, don't let people dismiss what you feel. And if you feel something wrong, go see some other doctors as well. Make sure people are hearing you and they're listening. And that way you can advocate and that way you know. So don't let them dismiss it. I don't care how young you are. If you feel something, go get it checked out. Thank you so much, Gigi. Excellent. Now you actually have some comments that came in. Lolita says, I absolutely second this. Self-checks, advocate for yourself. Don't settle for discomfort and be heard. Very powerful. And now, Michelle, lastly, in regards to the breast cancer component, or just in general, being in the in the hospital as well, what message do you have for the individual in particular who is in the hospital who may feel alone at this time? Well, number one, you're never alone. God is with you on this journey, no matter where you are. Amen. I remember getting ready to go under and I asked God to be with me, just be with me. And, and all the people in the operating room, they prayed with me. Mm -hmm. So you're never alone. And <clears throat> I'm Michelle, the computer lady. You can reach out to me. If you just need somebody to talk to, look me up, DM me. I will promise you, I'll talk to you. I'll be with you. I'll, you can call me. I'm just a regular person that's gone on this journey. And I'm here to make sure, like the people that supported me, let me support you. Absolutely amazing. Thank you, Michelle. And now earlier this year, I was also a guest on your podcast. And when we spoke about reading, we spoke about reading a lot and the importance of reading. Tell us a little bit more about the importance of reading, Michelle. Well, on my show, The Importance of Power of Reading, everything we do in life centers around or the cornerstone of, is reading and reading in STEM. And one thing about our kids, if they're not reading on grade level by the third grade, they have a greater chance of living poverty or going to prison. That's why reading is so important. That's one of the reasons I'm doing my series highlighting positive Black men and women and women and people in our culture so they can see the different occupations that they can access the different businesses they can start but it all starts with that reading journey and i have some folks on my that come on that didn't even like to read at first but they realized in order for them to succeed and to become better and to become better business owners better ceos they had to read and that's why we do that to make sure that our kids see us read and know that reading is a positive and enjoyable journey thank you Gigi. excellent thank you michelle and again i truly appreciate you and congratulations on what is it your 12th book oh it's my 12th so far i i'm working on a new one called mommy what is otolaryngology i write books <laughs> stem books for kids so anytime they can see themselves being doctors 
uh, lawyers, engineers, architects. Those are the kinds of books that I write around and I want them to see that in a very positive way that yes, you can do it and here's some guidance in a story form because all my books are picture books and they're in rhyming prose. Absolutely. Again, congratulations, Michelle, and thank you so much. We appreciate you and welcome on board to the LSCOA Speaker Series. We appreciate you. And now at this time, I welcome our next speaker, LSCOA speaker, Trina Payne. And thank you again, Trina, for coming out and speaker, speaking at our event here. And now Trina is, she has her master's degree in social work from Howard University and over 27 years of experience. And now throughout her career, she has worked diligently with human service organizations in a local, state, and national level. Welcome, Trina. Welcome. Thank you, Gigi, for inviting me here. Um, I'm, I'm amazed by everything that I've heard from all the speakers. I've learned so much just in a short period of time. This is this is amazing, and I'm so inspired. So, so, so. A lot of the individuals here tonight have dropped uh, golden nuggets and thank you each and every one of you. Now, now, Trina, earlier this year, you spoke at our Global Foster Care Warriors Conference and you spoke about fatherhood in foster care. Now, why is that so important, Trina? That is so important because we have uh, mothers, of course, that are in foster care parents and um, who want to reunify with their children. And we have so many fathers who also want to be a part of their child's life, uh, who may be in positions where they can actually care for their children. And I just want to put the spotlight on them. I'm very passionate about making sure that they are a part of the conversations that we have in the foster care system more. Excellent. And why do you believe that it's not discussed enough in our society as, as you and I spoke about? Well, why do you believe that may be the case? Well, I think there's a lot of different reasons. Um, uh, number one, I do believe that um, sometimes the people that work with um, um, uh, you know, mothers and fathers in foster care, uh, we also have our own, you know, father issues as well. And so we have to be able to work through those things. Um, there's so many different reasons why fathers are not involved in their child's life, whether it's in foster care or whether, um, regardless of whether it's foster care, or even if, you know, we've never touched the foster care system ourselves, uh, but we still can relate to those feelings and some of those experiences of not having our father in our life. Um, and I do believe that's a great impact um, in terms of the way that we uh, view fathers, in terms of the way that we engage with them, um, the, the way that we uh, provide services to them, the way that we put them on, the, uh, allow them to be a part of our discussions um, on a local level, a state level, even a national level, um, in the Senate, I mean, you know, everything. I'm just thinking just on all levels, it's very important that we make sure that we put father's voices into the conversations. That's very true. And what changes do you want to see in our society in regards to fatherhood and as it relates to the topic of uh, foster care? I want to see a world where we across all, all of our states, um, where in globally, where we are uh, making sure that fathers are at the same table as the mothers, 
um, that we're providing the same type of services to the fathers, uh, the same type of opportunities um, that we're being trained as well to know how to engage with fathers, um, to know the different issues that fathers deal with in foster care that are unique as well. So just more learning, more education, more training uh, for the staff, um, for um, making sure that there's more resources available for fathers and just a world where when we think of mothers in the same way, we can think of fathers in terms of services, resources, all of that. Very true. Trina, thank you so much. And again, we appreciate you and, and welcome to the LSCOA speaker series. We, we are honored to have you on board with us. Thank you so much, Gigi. Yes, ma'am. Now, at this time, I'd like to welcome our next speaker, Nicolette Bauman. Welcome, welcome. And I can see that Nicolette is here with us. She may have stepped aside for a moment. Not a problem. So real quick, we're going to go ahead and move forward here. And we wanted to, oh, Nicolette, are you there? I am. <laughs> okay, great. Awesome. Welcome. Welcome. Honored to have you here with us tonight. Oh, thank you so much, Gigi. I am too. I'm honored to be here. Yes, ma'am. And so now Nicolette, she's a certified integrative health and wellness coach, and she's the founder of Integrative Transformational Coaching and a co-founder of Healthy Transformation Nation. Welcome. Yes. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here, like I said, and the last time that I was able to be on a state this stage with so many amazing speakers, we spoke about breast cancer and my experience that I went through with that. And one thing that I love Michelle was talking about is the self self examination and advocating for yourself. So so powerful. My my story was I went to my doctor. He did an exam on me. I did an exam a month later, and then two weeks later after that. I had a lump came out of nowhere and it's amazing how quickly something like that can happen and shift your life and shift your perspective on life for sure. Wow. Very powerful. And again, thank you, Nicolette, for sharing your story with us. We appreciate you. Now, let, and you, you talk a lot about from victim to victor and you, you focus in a lot on that and I love it. Tell us a little bit more about why is that so important? Well, because I've, I've always heard like you're a breast cancer survivor. And to, when you're in survival mode, you're not in thriving mode and you're stuck in a place that is just, you're just getting by and you're not growing and you're not developing and you're not thriving in life. And I decided that I didn't want to be a victim. What happened to me happened to me. And I took responsibility because I wasn't eating well. I wasn't treating my body well. I would put the cell phone on my body things like that, all these different things that I was doing, drinking alcohol. I mean, I was abusing my body for decades by the time I was diagnosed because I was diagnosed at 39 and I had been abusing my body for decades. When I was 15, I had high blood pressure. I mean, it was just out of control for me. So as far as what was what happened with my body that got created from all of the stress, all of the abuse and my mindset, I wasn't in a healthy mindset at all. I had a very negative outlook on life. And I, like I said, I was in fight or flight mode, just surviving all of those decades. So my body kind of finally caught up and said, Hey, time to pay attention to this. And it really was a huge wake up call for me. And it brought me to where I am today, which is in a completely different place than I was then. That's for sure. 
Wow, very powerful. Now let's talk about boundaries. Why are boundaries so important? Well, like I said, I was in fight or flight mode. I was in victim mode for a really long time. And what I realized is that I needed to have boundaries with other people. Yes, but I need to have them with myself. And when I started really putting things into place about eating better and starting to drink water, which I didn't do for a long time, I I literally didn't drink much water at all for decades. And I started utilizing movement into my life, but intentional movement, not just beating myself up at the gym, but really moving with intention and then building into a growth mindset. And one of the other things was intentional breathing. That really was a huge catalyst because I really started connecting with my body where before I hated my body and abused my body, it moved into a space where I am grateful for it. I'm grateful that I have this body that moves and allows me to live every single day in wellness, as opposed to that survival mode. I'm now thriving. Wow. Walk us through your journey of, of, of overcoming Nicola, what does that look like on the back end? Something that we may not have seen. So as far as overcoming my my situation with breast cancer, I kind of had the idea that I wasn't ever going to do it again. This was not, this is not something that I was going to do again in my mind. And I really started getting into, well, what do I want my, how do I want my life to be? What do I want? What do I see myself? How do I see my body? How do I see my life? And so I started working and growing towards that lifestyle. I had abusive relationships previous in my life. And I went from all these abusive relationships to the one man that I'm married to now, who is an amazing, supportive, fantastic husband, who is also the co-founder of that business that we created together. So, I mean, it's amazing. You go from that because in DV, that is a very challenging situation, but also going from unhealthy to having a healthy lifestyle it, it really wasn't something that was done overnight. It was a process and it takes time and giving myself the grace to understand, Hey, you didn't do this in just a week. This has been decades. So it, what I've done is I've learned to really be gentle on myself, but not in a sense of like, Oh, anything goes, but being gentle in the way that I talk to myself, the way I treat myself, I used to really work out heavily and hard on my body. And I realized my body doesn't need all that tough, tough love anymore. It needs love and it needs gentleness and needs acceptance and accepting who I am and my body and for what it is and what it does has changed. One thing I really did Gigi is I incorporated a very powerful morning routine. And the first thing I do is I lay in bed and I say how grateful I am for this body that I am in from the breath to the hair, to the skin and going through everything, everything that I am, I am all of the, everything I've been through, I, this is the the product of what it is, but being grateful for it, that is something I never did before. Cause I hated who I was. I hated myself and I hated my body. And now I love it. And I am so, so grateful. So right. that's how be on the, when you go through stuff. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Nicolette. Why did you hate yourself? I actually didn't like being here on this planet. If you want to like, to be honest, I didn't, the fact that I was born, I wasn't happy. I wasn't a very happy child for the most part. I just, I just didn't want to be here. And so what I did is I had two parents 
one that I felt close to and loved me, but to the best of her ability. And my father, who I wasn't close to, loved me the best of his ability. And I was kind of alone. I felt very alone a lot of my life. And so my coping mechanism was food. That was a, a big coping mechanism for me because I always felt like I didn't fit in anywhere. So that was why I really didn't like myself. And then that the, between the way I was treating myself and the things that I would hear from my father very specifically is how I was fat and how, why are you wearing that? And why do you look like this? And all of these things coming through over and over again. And then that reality went into school and I was bullied for eight years because I was overweight. And in the eighties, that was not a thing. Many people were very thin and I was not. So I stood out again and I felt alone again. So it was kind of a common theme that was in my life that I created from all of my, my experiences in life. And now it's not like that anymore. I, I I've accepted myself. So I feel accepted. And that's the most important thing is accepting me and who I am. Thank you, Nicolette. And lastly, let's talk about self-advocacy and really advocating for yourself. And not just that, but showing up for yourself. How important is that? Absolutely. Um, like what I was talking about earlier, just that early detection, I could have just been like, oh, my doctor, you know, checked me, but that doing that for myself was huge. And when I was going through chemotherapy, I was told that, you know, you got to stick with this. You got to take this heart medication now because I was tacking at 108 in a resting state. And they said, you have to take this this uh, shot after your chemo the next day. Well, I ended up in the hospital and I, at first I died in the doctor's office and then I ended up in the hospital. So that was a wake up call of now it's time to take your life into your own hands, your medicine into your own hands. And so that's exactly what I did. I decided I did not want that shot right after I actually would make them wait a, a couple of days over the weekend. And then I would have the shot and my body was able to transition through it so much more. I was also given medication before I would go into chemotherapy that I had to take the day before. And I just decided this doesn't work for me because it was so much pain that I was experiencing. I said, I'm not taking this medication anymore. I'm done with it. So that's, those are the, some of the things that I, I did and being in, in a hospital, when you've been through a life altering situation of dying and coming back to life, it really showed me that I know my body better than anybody. And I knew what my body could take and I knew what it, what it could withstand. And when they wanted to put like blood thinners and inject my stomach, I said, absolutely not. Why do you need blood from me anyway? Every three hours, let me tell you something. You can't get out anything out of these veins because they're trash from the chemo move on. Unless my doctor comes in here and says, so it's not happening. And I had to do that. And I'm alone. I'm alone at night and they're waking me up. I said, don't wake me up again. I need rest. And so that's what I did for myself. And moving forward throughout the rest of my treatments, I was able to really speak strongly. And my doctor listened to me because he saw what happened when he didn't listen to me. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nicolette. I truly Thank appreciate you. And again, honored to have you a part of the LSCOA speaker series. Welcome on board. And Thank now you. you are so welcome. And, and at this time, we're going to go ahead and move on to our next segment here. And then we're going to, so the next segment is the rewind of 2023 LSCOA events. And then we're going to fast forward a bit and we're going to go to the 2024 LSCOA events. And then we're going to also talk a little bit about our sponsors here. And then we're going to have closing remarks from myself and then a prayer. And so now at this time, I, I'd love to again, rewind. We're going to rewind this year. 
Can you see my screen? You can't see my screen. Okay. Not yet. Try this again. Can you see my screen? Yes. Yes. Awesome. Just want to share this video here. Bear with me. And that was a little rewind of this year from our events. And again, thank you all for coming out and speaking at our events. And we truly appreciate you. And thank you again. Now, at this time, I want to fast forward a bit and talk about our upcoming events in 2024. And so God has led us to host these events on various subjects. And literally, we have let go and let God. And he has se selected these topics here. So... When we talk about the Global Leadership Conference, that's taking place next year. That's on March 11th, and that will be at 5 p.m. Eastern. Then we have the Global Superpower Conference. That will be on March 19th, at 29th, sorry, 5 p.m. Eastern. Then we have the Global Epilepsy Conference that will take place on April 26th at 5 p.m. Eastern. Then we have the Global Alzheimer's Disease Conference on May 10th at 5 p.m. Eastern. Then we have the Global Stuttering Conference that will take place on May 17th at 5 p.m. Eastern. Then we have the Global Health and Wellness Conference that will take place on May 24th at 5 p.m. Eastern. And then we have the Global Warriors Conference. Again, we're hosting them every year and that's in person. That's on Ooh. September 20th through the 21st, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern. And like my good friend Chandra Gore says, show up, show up. When we just did the Global Warriors Conference in Miami this year, he said, those who showed up, those, those who showed up, you know, you know exactly why you showed up and you know how important it is to show up. And not just, not just again, for anything else, but again, you show up for yourself and you show up and you continue to serve. Okay. And when we talk about global domestic violence event, that's taking place October 9th at 3 PM Eastern. We just heard here tonight from one of our speakers about domestic violence and how, again, we need to not just raise awareness, but domestic violence. And then we also have the Global Breast Cancer event. That's on October 16th at 3 p.m. I do right now. I'm going to go ahead and mute that for now. And now we also have the 
the annual Global LSCOA Gala. Again, we're going to do this next year at the end of the year. That's December 11th at 5 p.m. Eastern. And that wraps up our events for next year in 2024. So that's just a little fast forward there. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you. And now I know at this time we wanted to go ahead and move to a cheers and just do a, a and we ask that <coughs> I'm going to pass over the mic to our master of ceremonies to handle the cheers segment there. Mom, did you want to go ahead and, and take over from there as far as the mic? I wanted to say a closing prayer. Everybody bow your head. Oh, Bless Mom, we're doing the cheers. The cheers. We're not oh, there. Oh, you doing the cheers first? Yes, ma'am. The cheers. I forgot. <laughs> oh, I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I thought it was... I to backtrack a little bit and tell you a little bit of behind the scenes here with Jacqueline and things that were happening on the back end. So I my tested the drinks here, and we're talking about water. Yes, water, right, Mom? <laughs> no. It's water. It's water. So we want we want to cheers each of every one of us. Everybody, come on, get your yeah, cheers. Drink here. Cheers, cheers, <laughs> cheers. This is for achieving a great year. Yes, cheers. Cheers. We are all healthy. Thank God. Mm. Thank God. And, and yes. God, is good. God is good. And I'd like to just take a moment to pause and really take everything in. And I know it's just been, it's just, it's been a quite a year. I know. And we've had our ups and downs as well. We've had our challenges. What business doesn't, right? And not to say just because we've overcome one challenge doesn't mean we're not going to have other challenges. Challenges are inevitable, right? And so, again, it's so important to just let go and let him and continue to move forward in faith. And not just that, but also to understand who is the owner of our business. And that's him first and foremost, and understanding that we are his servants and understand as his children, we're called to serve his people. And I know for many of you who believe in a higher power as well, I, I know many of you and some of you are here tonight as well. You can definitely understand and see eye to eye with me here on what I'm saying here, as far as, again, just showing up and, and helping others. And so, mm -hmm. again, as we move into the end of this year, and I just, I'm praying for each and every one of you, and I'm, I'm hoping and praying for a, a wonderful year. And I hope that each and every one of you, if you started off this year and you may have had a goal that you were looking to achieve, if you haven't hit that goal just yet, keep going, keep moving forward and keep up the good fight. Do not give up. Circle back to the goal if you have put it off to the side and take a step of faith and let go and let him and really push forward and just keep pushing through and just keep pushing through. As we go through the end of this year, we have just a few weeks left. I believe in you. I, and I know you can achieve that goal you have set aside. Yes, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Circle back. And even if you don't hit it this year, it may not be this year. Next year, 2024, I believe in you. Pick up the ball and move it. And I love what Jennifer Garrett says when she says, move the ball, because it's so true. Move it. <laughs> so true. Now, We've cheers and we have one of our speakers who has shown up as well. So I, I'd like to circle back here a bit and we're going to move to Islet. Islet, I see you there. And I just want to say thank you, Islet. And Islet is now one of our sponsors as well. And she has spoken at our Global Faith Conference. Yes, Faith Conference. I'm getting chills just saying it. Global Faith Conference that was hosted with Chandra Gore. And when we talk about your topic, Islet, you spoke about seeing the purpose in the middle of your pain. Why is that so important, Isleth? 
So I think it's really important to always like see the purpose within that pain. Cause I think if you're, if you're in that moment and you're just, you know, feeling that painful moment or that painful season, um, you don't really have the right perspective because you're so focused on your problem. You're focused on you instead of being focused on how, what God can do to turn this around, what, how God can use this mm-hmm. um, to better your life or to, um, you know, teach you something that need that you need to learn um, or prepare you for something that is coming, you know? Um, so I think whenever you're, you're focusing on, on the pain part of your journey, um, it's not as productive as when you try to look at the purpose behind it. And so, you know, I think that's, that's super important in any walk of life, you know, whatever goal that you're wanting to reach and, you know, and everyone has their ups and downs, you know, nobody is always on the highest, you know, mountain, you know, everyone has hills and valleys in their life. And so I think when you're in that valley and when you're in that low moment, um, I always, you know, try to make sure I look at the purpose behind what's going on, not just, you know, Mm. stay in that, you know, depressed state or that, you know, having so much anxiety or, you know, just try to look behind that or, you know, look through past that pain and, and really look at the purpose behind it. Thank you, Iceland. And one of our speakers here today, Manny Blue, he shared his story about how he got out of the depression. And you mentioned depression as well, Iceland. Now, have you been there before? Yes. So um, my son's autistic. And so um, whenever he got, you know, diagnosed um, and when he was, you know, initially got diagnosed, um, that kind of put me in in that little um, in a little bit of a uh, a depressive state because I was blaming myself for, you know, his condition. And so I think, um, you know, with time and with, you know, me researching all, you know, about it and everything, um, thankfully, you know, I learned to just accept it as how it is and not blame myself and learn how to forgive myself. But yeah, I did struggle with that, um, a couple years ago. So, yeah. If I heard you correctly, so you blamed yourself because your ch- your child had autism, correct? Yeah. So I always thought it was like something that I did or I didn't do or like, I think as a parent, you, anything that happens to your kid, you always feel responsible for whatever happens to them. And so um, when he got diagnosed or whenever, you know, I noticed things that he wasn't doing that his, you know, cousins his age were doing um that's when I was kind of like am I doing something wrong like is it is it something that I you know did um but no I mean it's after researching and learning all about it it's just he just thinks differently than other kids and so um but again I my family I'm I'm a Latina we don't really know really what autism is like it's not something that's talked about very much and so I started the, you know, journey of learning what it is. And once I learned more about it, then, you know, I learned to, you know, forgive myself because I didn't, uh, it's just, again, the way that he thinks. And it's not anything that I caused or that I did. It's just the way that God made him. Wow. Very powerful. Now, when you got the diagnosis, what was your initial reaction, Iceland? Well, I already kind of knew, like there was already a lot of symptoms. The diagnosis was just kind of like confirmation of what I already knew. 
Um, and it was a it was a big sigh of relief whenever I did get that diagnosis because before the diagnosis, every state is different. But here in Arkansas, um, without that diagnosis, they at school they can't guarantee that he'll get his therapy. And so with that diagnosis came like. I don't have to fight the schools or anything for him to get his therapy anymore, which was a big relief for me because therapy is a big change, a game changer in 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 every kid that needs that um therapy if they don't have it. Yeah, it's a little challenging more. It's a little bit more challenging at home. And so, yeah, um, it was a big silent relief whenever I did get that diagnosis. I love it. And previously you spoke at our global autism conference as well. And you spoke about some of the changes that you'd like to see in our society, but as well as some of the things as far as the education component goes, as far as devices go, tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, especially in the Latino world that they don't know very much about devices. They don't know how to work them correctly. You know, I, I think it's really important, um, you know, in, especially in the schools to, you know, have a little like, you know, class for the teacher or for the parents, you know, um, we're in the 21st century. I think, um, you know, most people already know how to use the devices, but there's a lot of like immigrant families that immigrant here that they don't have access to these devices. They don't have access to what they have access to here. And so they come here and they don't know how to use these devices or how to help their kids. They don't even know how to write an email, you know? And so I think if, you know, the educational system would focus just a little bit more on like the parent side of things and help the parents be better parents to their kids, I think it would greatly help, you know, the kids because and the parents too, because there would be more of a, a leadership position in that parent um, at home and them not have to completely rely on the educational system. That's very true. And so you talk about you talk about faith a lot and, and you, you also talk about pain and trauma. Let's talk about the trauma component. What changes would you like to see in our society in regards to trauma and discussing trauma? So, I mean, everyone has had childhood trauma, um, you know, whether it's big or small, there's definitely always something that, you know, caused some kind of trauma in your life. And so I think um, whenever we have that outlet of uh, knowing what an outlet is, because a lot of the times, you know, you grow up and you don't really don't, you don't really do anything to help your mental health. You don't really do anything to help you. And, and so um, I think if they would, you know, even in the school system, if they would have, you know, some kind of class to like educate people how to help themselves, if they're going through that, you know, anxiety or depression or any kind of mental illness, you know, I think it would be extremely beneficial, especially now with COVID. COVID changed a lot of things. And, you know, um, I think mental health is a lot more important now than it was before. And I think COVID has a lot to do with that because it kind of isolated us. And so everyone's having to like relearn how to be together again. Um, and so I think it's it's it would be extremely beneficial for everyone to, you know, grow up and and have um, that, you know, taught to them and how to go through that trauma and really feel what they're going through and not just kind of numb the pain, you know. And so um, I think any kind of trauma needs to be addressed. And I, I think it would definitely help, you know, like scores and um, school, you know, I think it like all the schools, they would probably benefit from having the students have some kind of course to how to help themselves in those moments. Mm-hmm. 
Very true. Very powerful. And many of our speakers here tonight have spoken about that as well, as far as mental health goes. So let's circle back to mental health and let's talk about it for a moment. Isolate. Why do you believe that it's so important to talk about mental health? I think it's important to talk about mental health because it needs to be addressed. I think, you know, so many people, they go through things in their life and they don't heal from it. And so they just kind of like go through life and they're in this like stage of, you know, just kind of going through the motions and they're not really being intentional with their life. They're not really being, you know, the best them because they're still holding on to that trauma. They're still holding on to whatever happened to them. And so it mental health is so important because it helps you, you know, one, realize that you do need help, realize that, you know, there is help out there and, you know, that you can use the resources that are available to you. But then also it helps you remind yourself of, of who you are and whose you are. I think it's really important. Um, you know, any, you know, in the mornings or even in the nights, take that moment to yourself and just kind of be one with yourself. And if you want to put like instrumental music or like whatever it is that makes you connect or reconnect with yourself, I think it's really important. That's very true. And let's talk a little bit about faith over fear. So many mm -hmm. individuals may be in fear or fear of something. How important is it to just keep the faith? Isley? Talk to us a little bit more about it. So I think, you know, faith is such an important part of my life. Um, I'm a preacher's kid, so I was always around it. <laughs> uh, not everyone has that uh, opportunity to grow up like that, but um I think uh, when you're younger, you kind of resent it a little bit because you're kind of forced to go to church all the time. But um, once you grow up, you kind of, or at least for me, I looked at it in a different way. Like I had the opportunity that a lot of people don't, you know, a lot of kids, their parents don't even go to church. You know, they don't, they don't know what faith is. They don't know. Um, they don't have a faith led life. And so I think um, having a having faith in your life, it kind of motivates you to want to be better, to want to, you know, aspire to change the world around you. Um, and so I think if you don't have that, um, it, it kind of um, dims your light a little bit. And I think faith definitely ha has that um, effect of lighting something in you to want to be better and also, you know, shine in the area that you're in, you know, in the place that you're at. And so I think if you have faith, then I think you can um, overcome a lot of challenges that you wouldn't be able to if you didn't have that faith. Very true. Thank you so much, Isleth. And welcome on board to our LSCOA speaker series. We're so honored to have you on board with us. <clears throat> welcome, welcome. Now, at this time, before I give closing remarks, I'd like to go around the room and I'd like to ask each of you a question. Yes, you, <laughs> each of you. I'd like to ask you, what message do you have for the individual who is ready to give up? They are wanting to give up. They are at the end of, and they're at the end and just holding on to with dear life on the rope. And they're holding on and they have lost everything. They have lost hope. They have lost everything. What message do you have for that individual? Let's go around the room. Let's start off with Dan. Oh, Gigi, this is a great topic. You know, one of my favorite poems, my my little sister read it when we were in third grade at, at a school recital. It was Don't Quit. And it starts when things go wrong as they sometimes will. When the road you're traveling is all uphill. 
when times are hard and the debts are high and you want to smile, but you have to sigh. And it's a whole long poem. But what it says is, look, don't give up when your heart is hit. It's when things are worse that you must not quit because you never know how close you are to breaking through. You might just be one more phone call, one more connection, one more presentation, one more global summit, one more global warriors conference away from breaking through and making that vital connection that you need. And it's always darkest before dawn. So I know, you know, we, we, everybody on this call has survived some tough things and you know that when, when, it, when it's, when you're going through it, you're, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to survive. Then when you get on the other side of it, you look back and you say, man, I'm so glad. Manny, you shared something very vulnerable today, but I know that you are better, you're stronger because of what you went through. Every single one of us here has gone through that. And you can't see it when you're there, but understand that on the other side is some brightness. And, and just don't give up because you just might be that one next step. Amen. You may just be the next one step. Very powerful. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Gigi. Welcome. Let's go to Michelle. Michelle, are you with us? Mm -mm. Okay, so I'll go ahead and go to the next speaker. Mom. <laughs> mom. <Wait a> with <laughs> that. I'm, I'm going to follow your model. Gigi has a poem that she wrote. You remember that poem, Gigi? Don't give up. Yes. Yes. And that poem, when it's tough, when it's hard, when you think there is nothing else, don't give up. Call someone. Always get a little group of people that you can know that for sure. It could be on your one hand. You have about five people in your life. Some of us have one, some of, have, some, of, some of us have two, but at least know that there are five people in this world that if something goes wrong and you feel like you cannot handle anything anymore, that everything is about to close on you, call somebody. I was at a conference with Gigi uh, back in, uh, was it in, in Texas? Yeah, in Texas. And um, Gigi gave a speech. It was right when COVID was really, really, really bad. And I remember she said, if you know someone and that person came into your mind in this moment of COVID where people are very depressed, they don't know what to do, they are scared, pick up the phone, that one phone call might save some that person's life. I never forgot that. It stayed with me. I believe it was about three or four years now. It stayed with me. So don't give up. Call someone. If you can get an answer, call somebody else. Somebody will be there. Call me. Call Gigi. We'll be there for you. <laughs> Love it, Mom. Very powerful. Thanks, Mom. Yes, very powerful. And now let's go to Jacqueline. I feel like I'm sensing a theme, but I, I, at the end of the day, listen to your intuition 100%. And like was just mentioned, um, if somebody pops into your head, it's probably for a reason. Look for your resources, look for the foundations near you, the support you do have, and 
Sometimes you might even be looking for the other survivors that are speaking up because I know that that can play a, a pivotal role as well. So no matter what, you're not alone. There's so many resources. There's so many people out there willing to help. Just look around. You've got this. You've got this. Love it. Wow. Very powerful. Nicolette, let's go to you. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans Amen. to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans Amen. to give you hope and a future. Amen. And there is so much truth in that. And knowing that we are not alone. When we are feeling that way, we are not alone. It is a very tough place when you're, I was alone, like I said, when I, the whole time I was talking about that, but you're never alone. And also one thing is what has worked for you in the past that has helped you when you've been through tough times like that, when you felt alone, because that is, there's a lot of jewels within inside of you, as well as being able to reach out to support systems as well. I, I love the five. That was, that was beautiful. The five people. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nicolette. We appreciate you. And let's go to Michelle. All right. What I tell everybody, when you're in a space that you're feeling disconnected, that's what we're going to call it. Not that you don't believe, but did you just disconnect it? Number one, know that God is always with you, regardless of where you are. And God sees us where we are, accepts us where we are. So if you're having a hard time, you're dealing with an illness, a disease, a diagnosis, always go to God first. Then always look for support that you might not even think you have. If you're not having a good day, let people know. Like Mama Sabat said, let everybody know mm -hmm. that, hey, I'm having a rough time and I just need to lean on you for a minute. Because as we push through those hard times, as we push through those challenges, there is our purpose on the other side. Thank you, Gigi. You're welcome, Michelle. And let's go to our next speaker, Trina. Well, two speakers have already um, said some things that was on my heart. Um, <laughs> uh, what also comes to mind is what uh, I was thinking about first thing this morning. My pastor always says, medicate on the word, you know, on the word of God. And so um, medicating, meaning taking that word in, whether it's the Bible scriptures, whether it's words of encouragement or other things that, um, you know, are working for you. Uh, but in addition to medicating on the word, meditating on the word, and God was talking with me this morning about the difference between medicating and meditating, because when you meditate, you are pondering, you're going over it again. So he had me in um, Proverbs 3, five through six, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not towards your own understanding and all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And so I was literally meditating on it over and over again. And it just took on different levels and depths. And it was just awesome. And he just reminded me that, you know, he is a way maker, you know, like absolutely positively. There's nothing that you can't do without him. And so I'm just fired up on this meeting here. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say preach. <laughs> wow, very powerful. Thank you. And now let's go to Manny Blue. 
And please tell us, Manny, because I know many folks are wondering, where does the blue come from? The blue hair and the blue name. I know they always ask, Manny. Tell us that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, before I answer the question, so yeah, so the blue hair, the blue name actually was my stage name when I began the music journey. Um, I grew up without my father. He wasn't in, in the picture. So um, when I found out I was going to be a dad for the first time, I legally changed my name. I wanted to start a new my new a new family tree, a new chapter mm -hmm. of my life. Um, I didn't want to carry his name on, you know, to me. I just wanted to start fresh. And uh it, the blue hair was just a, a gimmick, it was just a stage thing, and it just became my trademark. <laughs> I love it, Manny. And M Manny, what message do you have for that particular individual who may be ready to give up? You know, it, every every challenge is an opportunity to grow. And like Daniel said, I know at that particular point, moment, you don't see it. But when you're feeling defeated, you're feeling like you're, you're a rock bottom, the only way is up. The only way is up. Hang tight because life is about to get better. So get ready for the next level of life. I love it. Very powerful. On fire. You guys are on fire. Okay. And let's go to Iceland. What message do you have for that individual? So I always think of um, the Bible verse, uh, 1 John 4, 4, which is uh, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And so if you're in that, you know, moment where you want to give up, just know that you have everything within you to get out of that. You have everything, you know, um, within you and just to, um, ask for help. A lot of people have mentioned that. I think when you're in that state, you know, I think you definitely need people around you that's going to help uplift you, encourage you in your journey. And so if you don't have a community, get involved, you know, um, start volunteering. And there's a lot of, you know, nonprofits um, in the whole world. I mean, and, and so just definitely get involved um, because, once you're around those type of people, your mindset will change. You know, you'll be, especially if it's a faith-led um, nonprofit, you will um, be like benefit from that. So, um, just know that you know it. There, there's that saying: um, a bad day is not a bad life. And so, just think of it. Um, think that you might be going through that right now, but that's that's not the that's not the end of of your journey. A bad day is not a bad life. I receive it. I, I Wow. Receive it. Receive it. Yes. Thank you so much, Iceland. Heather, have we gone to you yet in regards to the question? Take it away, Heather. Um, so many people have said so many things that I was going to say, but I'll I'll um I'll revert to my life psalm, which is Psalm 139. And there's parts of it that say that God hems you in behind and before. That means he surrounds you, whether you can feel him or not. Before a word is on your tongue, he knows it completely. Um, so, and he also knows those negative thoughts that you're having that are telling you to end it all. I've been there. I know that. Um, I would encourage you to grab a journal if you don't have anybody to talk to and write your feelings down on paper. Because um, it can give you a lot of self-insight, and God can also speak to you through those words. I would also challenge you to find 
words in scripture to counter the negative lies because those negative thoughts are nothing but lies. Um, God's word says in Psalm 139 that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That means he knew what he was doing when he made you. And it also says that all the days ordained for you were written before one of them came to be. So that means he has a plan and a purpose for you here. And only he gets to say when that ends. So um, keep yourself focused on him. Keep yourself grounded. Keep resisting the negative thoughts because, again, they are lies. Um, and when you do find somebody you can talk to, talk to them. Um, and uh, just keep searching for others that are going through similar situations to what you're going through. And uh, don't give up. Like uh, Manny said, the only way from the bottom is up. So I will uh, leave it at that. Amen. Up, up and up. And you mm -hmm. talk about, or I know the plans I have for you, and I, I can't help but pick up this candle here that one of my clients gave me. Yes, if you're listening to this message today, I know you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And 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 when we talk about Joshua 1.9, it says breathe. It says breathe on mm -hmm. it. I'm just staying still right now. And it says, be strong, Joshua 1.9. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for your Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. And I'll say it again. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for your Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. Therefore, you're not alone and don't give up. As Heather said, thank you so much. And now I do see one of our speakers here, Kim, welcome, welcome. And thank you for being here with us tonight. We truly appreciate you. And thank you again for continuing to show up, show up, show up, as my good friend Chandra Gore says, and continuing not just to show up, but you also support. And, you, and I just appreciate you and, and our team appreciates you. Our hearts go out to you. And when we talk about the conference that you spoke at, Kim, you spoke at our Global Leadership Conference. And you spoke about building and leading resilient teams. Why is that so important, Kim? Oh my gosh, y'all don't have all night. Y'all just got a few minutes for me to talk. Thank you for having me. Listen, I'm driving on the highway like a maniac because I'm going to get here and I'm going to talk, right? So what we're talking about, I'm just listening to everybody. And when I share about my journey in leadership and my journey in, 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 I'm the people champion. If you guys don't know, look me up on, on LinkedIn or whatever. My thing is let your life be a living epistle, right? Of all men. So they may know who you are, right? Mm -hmm. So living in that world, living in a corporate world and, you know, the word of God says also that all truth is parallel, right? So I don't separate the who that I am from God and who that I am in the world. I just am who I am. Do you know what I mean? So when we're talking about the things that we go through in the corporate world and we go through in our personal lives and we have to be resilient and we have to be steadfast in, in our journey and steadfast in what we do and steadfast in who we believe and steadfast in what we believe, it is so important to understand where your foundation comes from. I, I was asked a question literally this week, girl, where do you get all that energy? Girl. When you get, every time I look at you, you're doing something, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're going here, you're doing this. You know why? Because I know who I got and I know the call that I had on my life to ensure that my inspiring you is my business, but my goal in life is to inspire others to live their best lives. A lot of times people are only limited and we are, we know this as leaders, we know this being out in the world with others, that we're only limited by ourselves. Mm -hmm. We limit ourselves. And thank you. I love my glasses too. I can't see what I don't, but you know, that's just me. 
but we are limited. We limit ourselves. The world doesn't really limit us. We limit ourselves. A lot of times people are afraid to be who they are. That's one thing that I am not. My It was interesting that I had on bell bottoms. I had to share this, Gigi, and then I'll jump off. I had on bell bottoms, like super big bell bottoms the other day. And my son came downstairs and said, Mom, what the heck are you doing? Where are you going with those on? Did you just like travel through a, a time warp going to your closet? I said, no, no, this is what I want to be like today. I like this today. I said, if you think that going on 60, I'm going on 60, you think this is something, what are y'all going to load in my walker? It's going to be so blinged out. Y'all going to need uh, polarized sunglasses to look at it. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, people need to understand that it's, it's important to be them. And in the world that we're living in and, and, and us being leaders and us having being serious now, us having to lead resilient teams and, and be resilient in this day and age. It's so important to show up as who you are. Because in this time, a lot of times you have people that don't, don't think that we're true people, that we live, we have, we have feelings, we have, we have families, we have things that we need to do in our lives, but we're just in this job or we're in this, this environment as leaders to make their lives a living hell. That's not true. We're in this position and in this role within the corporate or wherever we are to make things better for everyone. And that's them included. Sometimes it's difficult. Yes. But I might be a leader having to guide you through some turbulent VOCA times, but me letting you know that I'm with you and that I'm human and I have these same challenges that you have. Yes, I may not have young children, but I understand that you have young children and you have to settle. You have to make sure that they're cared for. So therefore you might be five minutes late for work. I got that. I understand. So let's talk. Let's adjust. Let's do things we have to do to make sure that you're successful and the organization is successful. So y'all know I can go on all night, but yeah. yeah. Is that my time, Gigi? Sorry. Oh, we, this is why we have the Q&A segment. So we, we have more questions for you, Kim. We want to okay. hear I'm here. Okay. Ma'am. And so, and, and again, honored to have you a part of the LSCOA speaker series. And when we talk about being you and being bold, and I talk a lot about it in my Walk With Me book as well, as far as my, what am I, one of my good friends said, as far as just be you. And I, I love that. And when we talk about being you, Kim, I want to circle back. And I think Manny's such a great example of that as well, right? I get so many folks, your friend, he has blue hair. I said, yeah, so he has blue hair. Okay, great. And we're past that now. <laughs> right. So, and I think he's a great example of being you. So let's talk about leadership and what does that mean to you, Kim? I think I think that means to me by not being afraid again, once, you know, I started, um, so just a background. Um, I'm entrepreneurial by spirit, by, by life. I didn't start into corporate until I was 30 years old. I got into corporate at 30 years old. I did my 25 years and now I'm back in the entrepreneurial world. But when I was in the corporate environment, I led based on my knowledge and my experience on the outside, taking on this world as my own. So wherever I worked, it was mine. I, it was personal for me. And it was personal to understand that the people that I led and that, that not that I led, I, I call myself, um, like I said, I'm the people champion. I work for them. And we always, you know, we, I, I heard earlier, uh, servant leadership, you know, the org chart should be that we're down here, but the people that we support are up here. Mm -hmm. And when I'm, when I'm in that world, not being afraid of speaking up, not being afraid of sharing what's really on your heart. I've heard 
oh, you're highly opinionated. You're daggone right I am because I have something to say. If I see that there is a challenge or there's something that's going on within this world that my people are living in and there's a way around it this, you know, that we can do, I'm going to speak up. I'm not going to be quiet. I'm going to share because I know that this is something that's going to benefit. Whether you all take it on or not is another story. And being a collaborative leader and being that leader that says, I need to hear what everybody has to share. I want to know what you have to share because at the end of the day, you're doing a job. You're at the front line. You're doing what needs to be done. I might be back here supporting you, moving obstacles out of your way, but I need to hear from you. Don't be afraid to be who you are. Don't be afraid to show up because at the end of the day, I hire you for you. Not for the bureaucracy and all the other stuff. I want to see who you are. So don't come and, you know, shrink back and, oh, well, you know, um, the way that they say it, the way that it is. No, no, no. I need to see who you are because at the end of the day, that's who I hired. That's who I want to see. And organizations who kind of squelch or try to kind of kind of fit people in a box and fit people where they need them to be are the ones that are going to suffer. Because the creativity and the innovation and the and the and and just the plain uh, um, human nature—that's what makes us all beautiful. Because we're all different. Human nature, the who we are, identical twins are different. Mm -hmm. So if you try to fit folks into the box that you want them to be, it's going to be your loss, not theirs. And when you're in an organization who does not want you for what who you are, hey, you know what? It's all good. I love you guys, but I can take my talent someplace else because I choose to be here. People need to understand that they have a choice to be where they are. You're not stuck. You're not stuck in a job that's like, oh, they don't understand me. They don't need me. No, no, no. Your talent fits somewhere. If it's not where you are right now, it's their loss. Move it to someplace else. Don't squelch yourself. Show up to be who you are because you are needed. The you that you are is needed. So I hope you guys are getting this. Thank you, Gigi. Did I go over my time? No, ma'am. Again, this is the you know notorious for that. <laughs> No, no ma'am, we, we appreciate you and, and thank you so much. Very powerful talk there. And and let's talk about let's talk about teamwork. Recently, recently I read a book. Um, it's Voices for Leadership, Volume One. Yes, I'm a part of volume two, but when we talk about volume one, yes, I read it. And and when we talk about all of the amazing stories, and not just stories, but in regards to leadership and breaking it down and and the overview of leadership and the importance of leadership, but also teamwork. Right. I think it's such a very, uh, very powerful book. I highly recommend checking it out as far as leadership goes. But when we talk about teamwork, Kim, let's talk about it for a moment. Why is teamwork so important, Kim? So think about us. Think about how think about lineage. We are tribes. Right. When you go from a cultural perspective, we come from in our culture tribes or groups of people. The reason why people are so comfortable within themselves when they have like people is because we have that level of comfort within our tribes and who we are. So in a team, in an organization, that's your tribe for the most part. 
And then you get to you get to know people. And this is why it's so important. And I share with leaders that I have been leading and, and, and people that I coach. You need to understand that it's your job to get to know each and every person on your team. And you need to ensure that you are treating them according to the way they want to be treated. We talk about the platinum rule all the time. Treat people the way you want to be treated. As y'all can tell, I'm over the top.com. I am. I had a, a strong lesson to learn way back, maybe 20 years in my career, where I was treating someone who the way that I wanted to be treated, but she was 100% different from me. And that's when I learned the platinum rule, learn who they are and treat them the way they want to be treated. So when we are leaders and we're leading a team, it's so important for us to ensure that we are learning our teams. We know who they are as people. The last team that I led when I was in corporate, I knew what their favorite colors were, whether they like dogs or cats, how many kids, how many grandkids, all the different things that they needed to, to that I needed to know as a leader to, to be able to share with them as people. Because guess what? Going to the days where I can be an old school manager say, you need to leave your personal life at the front door. Don't bring your life inside of work. You can't do that. We need their whole person to show up because their whole person matters and their whole person has to do with whether or not they're going to be effective on that job or not. Their whole person, not this part or that part, their whole person. Had a trip to Philippines. I love my guys in Philippines. I love them. That's my family right there. Was totally surprised that they shared with me that no one from the States had ever come and took the time to learn who they were as people, what their culture was, what they had to contribute to society. The concern was only about what they can give to the organization. I was only, I was crushed. I was because it's all about who we are as people. But again, it goes back to from a team perspective, again, learning who your people are, learning what matters to them, because that's they need to learn what matters to you. You're there to support them. And I think us as leaders understanding what our role is my role is to support the people that I might have a title, I might make a little bit of change, but guess what? I'm not effective unless the people that I support are effective. And that includes every single member of my team, every single member. If my team is not successful, then I'm not successful. I've had opportunities where I've had leaders, I've had um Supervisors and managers sign, I need to separate X, Y, Z from the organization. Okay, so what did you do to help them? What did you do to ensure that they had the tools that they needed? It goes back on you. Because at the end of the day, you're responsible for the success or the failure of your team. Mm -hmm. So no, you're not going to terminate them. You're not going to, you know, unless I know for a fact that you did every single thing it is that you needed to do to ensure this person's success. And unless they came to you and said, this company sucks, you suck, I don't want to work here no more. Then we can talk. Then I want to know why they said that. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, once again, it's up to us to ensure that we give what's necessary for the people that we share, we lead, and we, we, we hold up, have everything they need to be successful. Mm -hmm. That's very true and very powerful. Thank you so much, Kim. We appreciate My you. My pleasure. 
and welcome on board to the LSCOA speaker series. So glad to have you on board. Glad to be here. Amen. Now, our next speaker is Lori McNeil. Welcome, Lori. And Hello. ladies and gentlemen, now, Lori, she's a retired business professor of 28 years where she taught and designed curriculum for graduate level programs all over the world. She holds an MBA, MED, and EDS degrees, respectively, as well as many specialized certifications. Welcome, Lori. Such an honor to have you here with us today. Thank you so much. I realize that my background is not typical. I literally just flew in. <laughs> so uh, bear with me here. Um, I am excited to be here, but I am a global speaker and strategist. And sometimes that means logistics get a little bit crazy sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Definitely understand, Lori. And again, thank you for being here with us today. Now, Earlier this year, you spoke at our Global Royal Warriors Conference, and you spoke on colorization, the psychology of branding. Why is that so important, Lori? It is so much more important than what people realize, because um, what's really important for people to understand is that the colors represent emotions. And every color represents a variety of different emotions and feelings and um, various aspects of the five senses that each of us experience throughout our day, every single day. So we as consumers um, will buy based on color. And in fact, 84.7% of all consumers make purchases, whether it's, a, whether it's a product or a service based on color. And that is a high, high percentage that surprises a lot of people. It happens either consciously or subconsciously you know, whether we're aware of it or not, but color actually plays a huge, huge factor in the decisions that we make, whether it's an outfit that somebody's wearing and whether or not they seem approachable to us or something that we see in an ad or a product on a shelf, it doesn't matter. Color actually plays a huge, huge part of the decisions that we make as consumers. So as business leaders, it's really important to also understand the psychology of that and how everything that we do everything that we're wearing, everything that's represented on our social media, our website, you know, our graphic design, all of that, it's really important that then we understand um, how our ideal clients and customers are actually relating um, to us. And are we actually attracting our ideal client and customer with the right, with the right colors, not to mention the messaging and all the other components that go into build that strong business foundation. But when you do a little bit of a deeper dive, it's very important to understand that the colors that you use that to represent you go far, far beyond just the colors that you're using on the logo. I love it. And what about the logo per se? I know many business owners, they, they may have faced a challenge with selecting a logo. What message do you have for that particular individual who's sitting down right now and really just trying to navigate how to select a logo? The logo, the first thing to understand about the logo is that the logo should be the last thing that you create. A lot of people think that it's the first thing because it's such a visual identity marker. They think, oh, I, I have this product, I have this service, I have this business, and it's just really important that I, I get my logo designed and get my logo out there. And what's really important is that people understand the overall branding essence that goes into building um, your overall logo about who you are, who you represent, the problem that you solve, all of those things actually go into the foundation of building your overall brand, building your overall logo before you can actually even begin to understand the graphics behind it, 
um, all of the different uh, angles and colors and all those different things. It's so much more than just your favorite color, which is where a lot of people tend to gravitate um, to. So when you understand that um, your branding is more than just a logo and that you actually have to go a lot deeper than that, and that the logo is really the cherry on top, then when you go to design your logo, it actually becomes so much easier because you've done the deeper kind of psychological work that goes into building the overall um, branding strategy that goes into designing the logo. Then you're no longer stuck on, well, gosh, should I have this element or um, this character, or this font or this whatever. When you do the branding strategy behind building your brand, then those decisions become super fast and super easy. And then putting that cherry on top of your dessert, so to speak, is actually a lot faster than what most people realize who haven't done the work and they're struggling to come up with that, with all of the elements that go into a strong graphic that make up the actual visual identity of the logo. So it's not just enough to say, hire someone on Fiverr, you know, play around with Canva, those kind of things. I always encourage people to definitely start with whatever you, the elements, the tools that you have in your toolbox, no matter what your budget is. But you need to understand um, the deeper essence of what actually goes into that logo. And when you understand that, then the graphics and the font and the colors and all of that actually becomes super, super smooth and easy. That's very true. Thank you, Lori. We appreciate you. Now, you and I, you and I talk a lot about faith, um, you and I, and I, I I can't help but recall there's a gentleman, he spoke at, uh, at a conference with me, and, and then we spoke, and he spoke about faith in business and how at first he didn't have faith in his business, and it just did not feel right. But it's when he then had faith in his business, everything felt right. Why do you believe that may have been the case, Lori? You know, you really as a you, you've got to have something else guiding you um, that's outside of yourself, that's bigger than yourself, that's bigger than your own understanding. You've got to when you when you do a deeper dive into understanding who you are and who you are in in Christ, then you step into a deeper version of yourself that you didn't even know existed without doing so. So when you actually have that connection to who God is, to who you are in Christ, and you understand your overall deeper purpose and the deeper the deeper thing that drives you to do what you do every single day, even when the going gets tough, then it's amazing how your mindset just completely shifts altogether with your attitude, your actions, the decisions you make, you know, just absolutely everything. And so your entire life and your entire business um, begins to evolve and begins to shift the more closely related that you that you understand that your life and your business and God are not all separate things. Those are all things that come together in beautiful unison and that are created for you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So um, it makes a huge, huge difference um, when you understand how those pieces fit together and that it's not just about you in business alone or within your company. And it's not just, um, you know, you go to church on Sunday kind of a thing. And it's not just there's these separate. These things are not separate. You are who you are every day on and off stage you know, in and out of meetings, all of those different things, you are who you are. And when you understand who you are in Christ, 
then you understand the deeper thing that actually drives you to do what you do every single day and the thing that you were actually called to do. That's very true. And now I can't help but think of anyone better than you, Lori, who actually shows up. You say, I'm going to do this and you show up. Lori, how important is it for folks to show up? And, and, and when you say you're going to show up, you show up. I do. Even if I'm running a little bit late, I'm here. <laughs> um, Tell us. Talk to us. Yeah. It's, it's so important when you, when you stand in integrity and when you are in full integrity and you show up and, and integrity has to do more with more than just showing up. Right. But that's the piece that a lot of people think of when they think of integrity, showing up is super, super important because you never know the amazing blessings that are waiting for you and the amazing ways that you can bless other people. You don't know the people in the room. You don't know the opportunities. You don't know the aha moments that you're going to have, like just showing up, no matter if you're, if you're tired or if you're stressed out or whatever it is that's going on, there is a reason why you need to be in that room, whatever that room is, or having that conversation with that person. And you may not think that certain things are maybe important or whatever, We seem to have lost Lori. <laughs> what happened there? But lastly, before we get to our closing remarks and our closing prayer, I wanted to go around the room and just maybe there's a verse or a, a phrase that you'd like to say. I know some folks believe in a higher power. I'd like to hear from each of you a verse or a phrase that resonates with you the most or your favorite verse or statement. Let's go to Kim. So mine is, again, the word says we need to be a living epistle read of all men so that they may know who we are in Christ. Sincerity, don't be fake, just be you. And don't be afraid to be you because for all, at the end of the day, God created you to be who you are. I've been told that, girl, you just too much, you over the top. Okay, if I'm too much for you, you can move on to somebody else. But he told me to let my life be a living epistle read of all men so they may know that I am who I am, but I was created by him. But thank you. Amen. Thank you, Kim. Isleth? So I would go to um, 1 John 4.4, uh, 4, which is the one I mentioned earlier. Um, greater is he that is in you than he who is in the world. Because that just reminds me that whatever difficulty that might be presented um you know god is always within me and he's always going to help me through it so that okay. one nicolette psalm 36 your love lord reaches to the heavens your faithfulness to the skies your righteousness is like the highest mountains your justice like the great deep you lord preserve both people and animals how priceless is your unfailing love O god People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink from your river of delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. Amen. Mom? Um, mine is about um, believing in yourself. Because um, don't ever doubt yourself. Don't ever think that you cannot do it. Because the moment you think that you cannot do it, you're going to stop every effort that you could make 
to try to do it. So I believe on pushing, like I've pushed you, Gigi, all your life. <laughs> yeah, since I came out the womb. <laughs> yes, Dan. <laughs> Dan, take it away. Oh, you're muted. Oh. Did you say Dan? Yes, Dan the man. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm sorry. You know, I, I love Romans 12. Um he, he, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability of prophecy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Amen. Heather? Trying to get my phone on so I could search for the scripture, but I'll have to go by memory. Um, it's the scripture that says, um, my grace is sufficient for you. And then there's a part of it that says, in your weakness, I am strong. And it's something that the in your weakness, I am strong is, is mm -hmm. something that's a foundational scripture for me because I'm physically would be weak in most people's eyes. Um, but I'm not because in him I am strong. And um, if I'm strong in him, then I can do anything that he, any task, any assignment that he gives me to do. Because in my weakness, he is strong. Amen. Jacqueline? Um, everything and everyone that comes into my life is both a lesson and a blessing. It's up to you how you choose to see it. But we are always together and we're never alone. We're meant to grow together. Wow. Very powerful. Drop the mic, please. Okay. <laughs> right. Very powerful. Manny, take it away. <laughs> one quote that I usually tell myself every time an opportunity presents itself and I don't know what I'm doing or how I'm going to do it is feel the fear, but do it anyway, do it anyways. And I always tell people, listen, whenever you, you're an opportunity presents itself, if you don't know what you're doing, that's fine. But if you know, it could be life changing and it's something that you want to do, feel the fear, but say yes anyways, and learn on the way. Very true. Trina? Mine is Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. It just reminds me that my life is not my own. You know, um, that God is with me and that he already has everything. It humbly reminds me that he already has everything that I need. Um, Everything is already lined up. Literally, I'm just uh, catching up with this. But it was already done before I even entered my mother's womb. So it's it's done. It's done. Amen. And mine's is Joshua 1, 9. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For your Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. Therefore, you're not alone. And now, Lori, back to you. I, I know we lost you there for a moment. <laughs> Take it away. <laughs> 
Yes. If this isn't a test of perseverance, <laughs> um, we were talking about sh talking about showing up and it it's so vital because you never know the seeds you're going to plant and you never know the seeds that are going to be planted in your own heart, soul and mind. And that exchange of energy and that exchange of faith and in that journey is so important because you never, you never know. It goes beyond just following through with what you, what you say you're going to do, but it's literally like pushing through all of the obstacles. And tonight might be an example of that and showing up anyway, raw, authentic, who you are, who you were created to be and not being afraid to just show up fully and just say, I'm here this is me tonight and I love what I do and I'm not going to let anything stop me. So thank you for your patience, everybody. But if I can leave you with one thing, it already was said, Jeremiah 29, 11 has been definitely my rock verse my entire life to know that, um, you know, that God does have a plan for me. God has a plan for every single one of you and to just have that faith over fear and step into that and don't be afraid to just go on to that next thing and that next thing, because you don't have to have all of the information. You just have to have that faith to take that next step and allow God to be your GPS and show you what the next step is that you're supposed to take. So thank you so much for having me on here. Um, blessed to be a part of this. And um, if there's anything I can do to support anyone, reach out to me anytime. Amen. Thank you, Lori. We truly appreciate you and welcome on board to the LSCOA Speaker Series. We're so honored to have you a part. Thank you so much for having me. Amen. And now I'd, I'd love to say a few closing remarks here. However, I, I want to circle back to Life Service Center of America and what I spoke about earlier as far as the business goes. And again, I, I just want to say gra much gratitude and my appreciation uh, to God first and foremost and, and just all that he's been able to do and um, essentially with Life Service Center of America. And I'm just I'm just grateful. And again, understanding whose we are. One of the speakers mentioned that here tonight, it's so important as business owners to just and let go and let him and also to understand one of our speakers here tonight also spoke about teamwork and understanding it's okay to to let go and and and, and give it to your team as well and, and work with your team. Work with your team. So important teamwork. And and when we talk about Life Service Center of America and some of our programs and again meeting people where they are, right? Not assuming we know where they are, right? The mind wants to go so quickly to say, okay, this is where they are. No, no, no. We need to listen first and foremost and listen and not to respond or answer, but listen in, really dig deep into what the individual is telling us and really work with that particular individual. And that's what we love to do, meet people where they are and help them achieve their goals. And our job is not done until we do just that. And when we talk about the speaker series, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to proceed with doing the events in 2024 as God has called us to do and literally letting go and letting him. And as we go through each and every one, I ask for each and every one of your prayers as we go through each and every single event. I appreciate each and every one of you who are also on the roster. I know some of you are on the roster for our conferences next year, the, the online summit and in person, and we appreciate you. And also as far as the business service navigator component goes, some of you are partners with us already. If you haven't checked out the partnership program, I highly suggest to do so. We'd love to partner with you. And for those of you who are in the room tonight, I wanna say I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for speaking. And we appreciate each and 
and every one of you. Thank you for, for letting your voices be heard, but not just that, bringing your head and your heart, literally, and, and not just that, your brave souls. Again, for those of you who have spoken at our survivor events this year previously and that are going to speak at our our survivor events in 2024, I know some of the topics are not easy that we're going to be covering. And I know for many of you, it's your first time. Bless your soul for the fact that you're going to let your voice be heard. I believe in you. You can do it. And and when we talk about uh, tonight and we talk about this gala, I just want to say again that I appreciate you and I appreciate our sponsors. It's because of you and it's because of each and every one of you that this is possible. And I want to say much gratitude to my mother for being in this room tonight. And mom, thank you for your assistance. And she's our master of ceremonies. And for many of you who are not aware, yes, she's a, a best-selling author as well, but she's also a nurse. And I have grown up and I've seen my mother work as a nurse uh, for almost, what, mom, 40 years now. Bless her soul. And I, and all the work that she's doing on the front lines. Bless your soul, mom. Bless your soul. And and at this time, mom, I'd, ask, I'd like to ask you to end us with a prayer. Okay. Go ahead and bow your head. Lord, we thank you for the moment we just spent in your presence. Bless us, Lord, as we live this moment today. We ask you to take your passion with us. Take us with you. Follow, follow us, guide us, and then fan its flame after we part and inspire our best contributions. Remind us always to love you, Lord, as we see our plans unfold and accomplish the goal we set here today. Through the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells in us, through our belief in Jesus, our Lord and Savior, inspire our hearts to seek you in your world daily. Come visit us in our business, in our life, in our home. Grow us both individually and together, Lord, as we seek the peace of your presence. Help us to walk faithfully and fiercely after Christ, reflecting his love. May we always leave our progress up to you, who you all, you hold the honor and glory for who we are and what we do. Use us, Lord, use our lives, Lord, to reach those who desperately need us, to know you love them. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you all again. God bless you and be safe. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. Thank you, Gigi. Thank you, Gigi. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Gigi. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.